Oh. M. Mom! So, Wendy Khan, welcome back to Give It To Me Straight. I am Maddie Morphosis, and on the show today, we have the international superstar, all the way from Drag Race Thailand and UK versus the world, Miss Pangina Heels. Hi, darling. So happy to be here. Welcome. Happy to be here and happy to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You, I know you picked the absolute worst time of year because it's so hot right now. It's like living in a microwave or like not if, but when I go to hell, I'm going to be like, it's not even that hot. I've been in Vegas before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a nice breeze. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. what are the summers like in Thailand? Is it like humid or is it like... It, in Thailand, it's humid all year round. So... Whenever you have curls, it's always done. Like, you can't even have curls in Thailand. It doesn't exist. And you want to paint your face on the top of your head so that it melts down to this situation, this area right here in three hours. So that's how it is. Yeah, you have to paint high so it just falls into place. Yeah. It's like getting a nose job. It just kind of, like, you got to wait a little bit for it to drop. You know? Yeah. What's yeah. a nose job? It's, it's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't know what it it's is. It's not for you. <laughs> But yeah, you are in Vegas right now, and mm. I feel like it's almost like fate because you actually were sent home on UK versus the world dressed as a slot machine, mm-hmm. and now you're here performing in a Vegas casino. Does that? Do you feel like the stars are aligning for you right now? I do. I think it just makes sense. Th- um, hi, Jimbo. Um, I think it just <laughs> all makes sense. You know, I I had a winner thing on the top of my head, and now I am in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to. Um, stay away from my gambling habits and oh. I am just really excited to be able to do Drag Race Live. Like that's a dream of mine. I've always wanted to be like a Vegas showgirl since mm-hmm. I was little. <laughs> I've been here like I think the last happy uh, memories of my family was when we did a tour like a, a family trip together and it was in Vegas. Have you been like meeting people? Have you been like on the apps and stuff? I've been on every single app. None is working. So mm-hmm. um, I've been on Tinder. I, I think I'm, I'm a Tinderella. I mm-hmm. honestly um, swipe so hard that it says there is no one around you the second day in. There's nobody around me. You ran out of options in Vegas. And you know what? Usually, okay, this is my rule. I usually do like a five mile thing because I don't want to like drive that far for or vice versa, right? Like, let's keep it short, like 10 minutes drive. Now I'm at a 100 mile gauge. You're on the strip. Why are you having so much trouble? I don't know. You, you need to, um, okay, somebody needs to tell me how to actually know how to hook better because apparently it's not working for me. And like the first two conversations I've had on Tinder, the person was like, hi, are you new? I'm like, yes, I'm new to town. And it was like, are you an immigrant? And I was like, is that an okay thing to ask? It's not. Like two people asked me that, are you an immigrant? And I was like, kind of, but I thought we're in an age of PC, and I don't think that's allowed. I think some people are in an age of PC, but I think uh, on Tinder in Vegas, it's just people, you know, from all walks of life. Sure. Just on the apps and stuff. Sure. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that you were on the world's most popular dating app in the middle of Vegas, mm. on the strip, mm. and you can't find love. No. I mean, in Thailand, I feel like there's a lot more people in a highly concentrated mm. area for some reason, but... Tinder is not working currently. I've got bans from Tinder like two times already for impersonation. Impersonating me. Oh, okay. Well, are you famous enough to get flagged like that? No, I think maybe it's just people just literally complain because I'm just like, hi, how are you? Want to f***? So maybe they're just complaining. Maybe they think you're impersonating like someone actually famous. Yeah, like Manila Luzon. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Well, say lovey, such as I. (laughs) Ah, sadness. But I don't know. I'm just keeping my hopes up. But apparently, um, everyone says to try Hinge. 
I don't know, Hinge, Hinge works. I, I've heard about Hinge. Whatever you found out that like the whole time you're just swiping the wrong direction on Tinder. Like you think you're like trying to match people, but you're actually saying no to Do everyone. Do I look that dumb? I don't, don't answer that. But <laughs> seriously, it's not that hard. It's uh -huh. really not that hard. I've been well, swiping in my sleep. Well, maybe it sounds. I mean, from your description, it sounds like it's going hard. So I, I'm just like, I'm just asking. I'm I'm trying to help you get to the bottom of this. The bottom being the operative word yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem is you're not getting to the bottom. You're yes. Just, yeah. At this point, I'll get to the top or the bottom. I don't care. I'm not picky. Beggars don't choose. Yeah, you'll, you'll take whatever you can get. <laughs> I can't. Point. I will. I will. Just, I just <laughs> need human interaction yeah. at this point. <laughs> Warm. Yeah. Except for my digestion. <laughs> So your drag name actually comes from partially like your own government name and Angina, right? Yes. You yeah. did your research. Wow. A little bit, yeah. A little Google Wikipedia. We're, we're just getting started. Yeah. It's true. My name was inspired by Angina. I was really like, um, you know, when, when you're like a person of color, you want to look for representation mm -hmm. in whatever you're watching, especially like in the mainstream media. And when I was, oh shit, my wig popped. Pick up, cop, we need more glue. Oh, yeah, we can pause for a second. Let's cut it. I mean, we can film. I don't mind. I like the real. I thought, uh, I know your show is highly produced, but uh, is it okay? We have a... Yeah, you got a blowout. It's okay. Yeah, it's... I guess that's a no. So we'll just wait for this. <laughs> your this face. Is... You're like, bitch, just glue your wig down. This is that uh, that Drag Race Thailand host money. You got your own <laughs> artist in here uh -oh. in the room. Where was I? Oh, Angina. So now yeah. I'm just gonna look like a Mariah Carey for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Angina. So basically, I looked at her, I watched her, and she was so like, she was a fashion queen, you know, back then. And I just really love what she did. Um, I do love her. She's like one of my idols, you know. And so when I meet her, it was such a full circle moment of like, you know, when you work hard, when you meet someone who is your idol, one day they become your colleagues. And she's just so nice and so lovely with such a horrible mouth and um so i was inspired by that but also pangina it's like the world used to be a continent like pangea mm -hmm. and so and you used to be like that so that like ties in wow thanks right yeah so you're going with this? I, I was gonna go with overweight because um it's better that way oh, i wouldn't plus, say fat I mean, you were plus size. bodacious mm -hmm. is that a word bodacious? bodacious that's a word okay we'll go with bodacious yeah i'm not, I'm, I'm not sure what words really mean but um <laughs> I was overweight for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you, why, why are we talking about my overweightness? Oh, you said because uh, everything like Pangea, like things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before you're interrupting my train of thought. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, the world would be so much nicer if we all just was one without the different separations. And that's what drag and dancing does for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you say that like drag is about like, healing and being kind but you're also like known for insulting people at shows when so. whom never in the past what i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> roll uh, the clips i didn't, I didn't realize we're in a rebrand right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so i i think it comes from a place of love and you can take it then you can improve but if not then just stay at home and just brush your teeth i have no i don't know i just honestly i honestly feel like you don't get anywhere in the world with just praise you need constructive constructive criticisms. <laughs> Were you criticized a lot as a child? Is this is that carrying over? Um, are we going Strict into parents. my traumatic childhood right now? Are we talking about Why that? Not? We can. Sure. Um, well, at the age of seven, when I came home, <laughs> I can't. Um, um, no, I don't think it has anything. To, I mean, I was bullied a lot. 
I'm sure a lot of us were. But not by like parents, just like by kids. Bullying by parents, isn't that just like an Asian person's childhood? I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I mean, is it really? Maybe. Um, I'm from Arkansas. I'm not that cultured. So yeah. you tell me. I'm learning right now. I think most Asian parents are harder on their kids because they basically what they failed at in life, they mm -hmm. want their child to be able to do that. It's kind of, Imagine dance moms, mm -hmm. but like with a stick. Okay. So it's similar. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's not just a stick. My mom used to hit me with so many different types of... Um, like musical instruments, whatever she can get her hands on. I'm sure a lot of people can relate and there'll be like lots of fun comments underneath mm. this of what you've been hit with. Like a bamboo stick is yeah. a, a popular let us, let us one. If, if you're a, a child of, of Asian parents, let us know in the comments what your parents beat you with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> even at school as well, until it became like, like frowned upon. Mm. But I remember like half of my life at school, it was normal to get hit. Um, you can get hit by having long fingernails, you can get hit by your hair is not combed, you can get hit by anything. I like how like I was asking like, were you abused by your parents? And you're like, no. And then you went into like, well, they did beat me with inanimate objects. Yeah, but but um, it was funny at the time. Oh, it, was it? Um, no, but no. it's funny now. <laughs> the, ther <laughs> the therapy's working. Yeah, well it worked. I turned out to be an okay human being, I guess. And, and I mean, I'm not giving yeah. any parenting advice. But, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm never procreating. Thank God. But like, uh, <laughs> but the last name, your last name heals. Mm -hmm. Like what was going through your life at that time where that name meant a lot to you? I think I was finding myself as a dancer as well. You know, um, I've been told a lot that I have a face. Like, oh. I, my face is too f***y, oh. um, which is lovely to hear. And I was like, but this is my face. I don't know how to change it. But when I'm dancing, I'm so happy. And I guess a part of me is coming out. And so people would be like, you got to change your face into something more masculine. And then I was discovering whacking as well. And I thought that really healed me because it's a dance from the 70s. From It's a gay dance, um, you know. And I was just being healed from all that disco music and all the encouragement of when you dance, you just, the part of you on the inside just comes out. And I thought that was the most beautiful thing and that's what drag does as well. So it aligned with my whacking journey as a dancer and with dance, uh, with drag as well. And I felt like this is a journey that continually heals me. And just sometimes like I can go through like the most horrible breakup or whatever, but when I'm on stage, I don't remember any of that. It becomes a fantasy where you are just connecting with the audience and at that moment, nothing else matters. Kind of like meditation, but with a lot more makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and aggressive arm movements. And aggressive arm movements and, yeah. you know, death drops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quotation marks. I don't use that word. <laughs> <laughs> but for a lot of people that don't know, whacking is yeah. a dance style, mm -hmm. not something else. No, but, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for you because you don't get any... <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as far as like whacking, a lot of people don't know, whacking is a dance move. Whenever I saw you perform, I thought you were doing kind of like an offshoot of Vogue. It turns out it's the other mm. way around. Vogue mm. is kind of more of an offshoot of whacking, because mm -hmm. whacking came before, like the disco era. Damn. What got you into like, wh like whacking though specifically? Because it's such like a, a niche genre of like dance. It is so niche. I mean, even like, even though it originated, both of these dances originated from America, mm -hmm. like a lot of Americans are not sure what's the difference as well. And a lot of people still don't. But, um, you know, I was drawn to whacking primarily from my teacher, um, Princess Lockeru, who was on So You Think You Can Dance. And the first time I saw her, I thought she was a drag queen because she's always wearing sequins and mm -hmm. has big hair. And it's just like, yes, you know, just that presence. Um, and I was like, I like what she's doing. 
she looks happy and she's hitting the floor with her coochie all the time. Mm. I want to hit the floor with my coochie. Why not? I know. It's a good day. <laughs> I kind of, it, it was a full circle moment because originally the whackers were watching drag queens lip sync and putting that into their body. Mm-hmm. So you were doing like a whacking before you started doing drag. At what yeah. point did you decide to like mix the two? Because you started performing in 2011-ish or yes. so? Yes, I did. I, I was in a nightclub and then one of the drag queens didn't show up and I was like, I know most of the words to any song if I've given the time. And so I was like, I have dance background. People like dance. Can I just mix them together and fool them for a bit. And the first time after I performed, I was like, this is magical. It's kind of electrical. I'm a star. I'm a fucking star. And you just feel like with all that delusion wrapped up in like the infusion of alcohol inside of you and that lack of love you've never had from your parents. I just felt like I belonged. You found your family. I found my... Yeah. You had your Disney movie indie. I did, without a prince. But still, it, it was lovely. Like, it was just something I felt like, wow, it's a high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you get that. Uh, I, maybe not to that level. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is fun. Free drinks. Damn, bitch. I, I, I didn't transcend like you did. Wow. Like, oh, different, Way different. to make my story. Everyone, no, it's everyone has like different experiences True. and reasons for doing it. That's you know? valid. Yours is valid. A little extreme, a little bit much, but you know, it's valid. Wow, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is for me, so it is for you. (laughs) (laughs) But without like Thai culture, like a lot of people think of Thailand as being this like ultra progressive, like one of the first places to like decriminalize homosexuality. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like a lot of places still are very conservative in Thailand. A lot of the mindsets. So, what was it like growing up as like a queer child in Thailand? Growing up as a queer child in Thailand was weird because I went from like a, a government school and then I went to an international school. Mm-hmm. My parents, like my, my, my mom is not Thai. So I've always felt like out of place in terms of I was always the most westernized kid in Asia. And when I'm in America, I'm always the most Asian one. There's two things, you know with the acceptance from society, but with self-acceptance as well. Like I, was, I went through a huge journey of not knowing, not loving myself, um, and you know, going through being overweight as well, mixed with years of just certain illegal substances mm-hmm. and coming out of that. It took a while to find a way to love Pangina again, but then one thing that has always kept me was like, I remembered canceling one gig because I was like, <clears throat> out of it. We'll just call it out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just remember like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to have a career and, you know, to do, to fulfill my dreams if I continue this. By the way, like whatever people choose to do in their lives, if it's not destructive or you're okay with it, that's you. But for me, certain things wasn't good for me. And so I had to cut not just what I was doing, but like the people around me as well. It's like a cleanse. It's like a douche. Mm -hmm. I douched my life. Like some, some people they need a good douche, whether it be physically, spiritually, emotionally. Mm. A spiritual douche. Spiritual douche. That's a good one. It's a good drag name. Yeah. I think she's on Dragula. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But as you said, like growing up, like you were like mm. a little bit heavier set as a kid. Bodacious, go on. Bodacious, yeah. At, at what point did you decide that you were gonna make that change though? Like physically. Oh, because come on. I, I feel like you're known now. A lot of people, whenever you were cast, like yeah. they know you as a boy, they're like, wow, she's so fit, so handsome. Where are like, these people at? Not on Tinder, but you know, Bitch, they're, they're only lasts one year that that at once you're on drag race and everyone wants to sleep with you mm-hmm. 
can I say that? Yeah. So no, no. most of the girls tell me like, girl, when you're on Drag Race, like people gonna want to sleep with you for like two years. But then like it only lasted like a year and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go compete again. Not for my country, <laughs> but for yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta put myself back out there. Yes, literally. But how did we get onto this conversation? I was, oh, I was asking uh, when you decided to like go to like the weight oh. loss journey. Well, I feel like when you're bombarded with so many media and stuff, you as a gay man, when you don't fit with what's on the media, you feel somewhat that you're not acceptable or worthy of love. And so it was a very dark place where I was like, in order for me to not be bullied or not, you know, to be who I am, I have to change a big part of myself. So that transgressed into bulimia, which was crazy because it became like the moment that I stopped doing it was because I ate something and I just immediately threw up without forcing myself to do so. And I was like, I'm going to die. So that was something that I had to learn to re-eat, learn the way to eat again. So my relationship to eating had to, I had to learn how to eat again like a baby. Yeah. Like overcoming like eating disorders, mm. like drug addiction, yeah. like a lot of like the lifestyle choices that you had to like change. Yeah. Did all that happen in a short period of time or was it very gradual over like many years? Well, I think like bulimia, I would say was around 16. The drug addiction, well, I wouldn't call it, I mean, I was doing it every day, so I guess it might be a <laughs> Um It's probably like when I was thir 29. Oh, so, so these were like kind of phases in your life phases. you were going through. Maybe I just have like, um, have to admit after such a long time that maybe I do have a destructive, per like um, parts of me that is sabotaging myself. And I had to own up to that. And it was like, oh, I'm doing that again. I have to stop. And so it's a constant checking in of myself. And it's like, can I live in my most healthy self? Can I live in my most loving myself self? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, bitch, you got me so deep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to get to know you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, like, like what, what phase are you going through now, would you say? Oh, I'm, th I'm going through a spiritual douche currently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through something where every single thing that I do is in order to make me better as a person. Um, and it's very, it's very, it sounds so like foo-foo, but like for me at this point, I, everything I eat is like clean. I make sure I'm very healthy. It's just because in order to, for me to have a, a future that I want at this point, I need to be my best self mm -hmm. in a way. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With that, uh, you are, you're also a businesswoman and you opened yeah. up your own venue, The House of Heels. Yes. Was that also part of your spiritual douche and like putting good vibes in the world and creating like for a place sure. of like positivity for others? Why, why, do you, why did you feel it was important for you to open up mm. a venue yourself? Because there's a lot of great artists in the world, but not enough stages. Mm. And I also believe that 
There's so many amazing, talented, you know, performers in Thailand, not just drag queens, but like singers as well, or sometimes comedians come through, but there's not like a stage that uplifts us. Like, you know, the Drag Race live stage is what uplifts the performers. Like there's like dancers, there's everything, but like, y'all know. With enough people, like when we do different bookings, sometimes the straight clubs just want to get the pink dollar and the Wi-Fi doesn't fucking work. And when you turn on the music, it skips five times and the lighting, there's no lighting and you use a torch to light the queens and there's no stage, which is fine. But for me, I wanted to create a place where drag queens are revered and their art can be appreciated. Fuck. Have lighting that's not green. We don't want to look like Shrek all the time. You know what? That's a great point. Why do they have the colored lights? You put all this time in yes! makeup. You're so right. You're so right. I didn't even think about the colored lights. Mm -hmm. That's something that always bothers me. I'm like, why Why do you have a, a red spotlight on me right mm -hmm. now? I digress. No, it's so true. Like, it doesn't take a lot. Come on, everyone. We know. Like, pink, purples, yeah. light blues, not too much blue. We look like the Avatar. Yeah, like, a, a lot of, like, Thai venues, they don't really support the artists as well. But someone that does support you is your parents. You're very supportive yeah. of, like, your drag and, like, your art in general. Mm. How, were they very supportive whenever you first started, though? Hell no. Hell no. Fuck no. <laughs> My mom didn't see me in drag the first two years. She would walk out. Oh, no. I used to have a problem with that. But, like, for me... My love for what I do just triumphs what other people think. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't give a shit. I was making my money. I'm not asking her for money. I'm not asking her for anything. So I felt like the first two years she wouldn't get it until all her friends was like, your son's kind of amazing. And then, then she's like, okay, maybe she's doing something right. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how parents change their minds after everyone else does. Even mm -hmm. though you've been telling them for a while. Yeah. They need a little longer. A little more time in the oven. They do. Yeah. My father has always been accepting. He's like dr driven me to like shows and stuff and, you know, evening gowns. And he's just been the most supportive love bear person. Yeah. Well, he even like went as far as like to let you put him in drag. Yes. Him and your grandmother. Yes. He didn't want to do it in the beginning. And I tell him like, listen, this is for the, the greater good of the world. Because, you know, mm -hmm. then people will see that love has nothing to do with gender and like drag has nothing to do with gender and like it's basically why, why, what do you mean like that? well you know <laughs> give it to me straight um so it i think at him as a heterosexual man putting on makeup doesn't take away from the fact that he loves his son he wants to support his son and being in that he understand what it's like to go through what we do all the time and I think it's so beautiful it went viral um, and so many families even conservative families are telling me I love my kid more because of this I understand my kid more because of this and my dad was you know he'll never do it again he told me because <laughs> he said it was so fucking uncomfortable yeah but I was <laughs> it's it's something that really changed the relationship between us because we instead of in, in especially Asian societies, um, we have this thing where we put our parents on a pedestal and they're not the individual. So they, they get the title of the father or the mother, but you don't get to know the person because they're this elusive, untouchable, respectable entity. Almost like more of like an authority figure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that, it, we became like buddies and we were friends. And it's like that moment kind of broke down that barrier between you. For sure.
Definitely. Were they, were they more accepting of your drag or your sexuality? What was the harder pill for them to swallow? Oh, definitely the drag thing. Because my mom literally was like, please don't cut your off when I started doing oh. drag. <laughs> Seriously, she said that. And I was just like, but I, 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 I mean, I love my I mean, I'm, I'm fond of it on a good day. Some days, I mean, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah. People on Tinder aren't, but you are. I know, at least, at least I have one fan. Yeah. It's me and it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I literally, you see, now that we talk about my I don't remember anything else. What were we talking about? Oh, my parents. Great. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> two train of thoughts to not be in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but your mom was saying like, oh, I don't, don't cut off your Yes. Yeah. So be, I think that just goes to show that she doesn't know what drag is, mm -hmm. you know? And she thinks that I was becoming a trans person, um, but that's not the case with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's been a common thing a lot of people that I've talked to where their parents, whenever they told them that they came out as gay, that was one thing. But mm -hmm. when they said they want to do drag, they all assumed their child wanted to become a woman. Mm -hmm. so I think, like you said, there is that misunderstanding about drag and like what it means for people. And mm -hmm. it's not just about gender and mm -hmm. sexuality. Like there's so many more levels to How was to that it. for you? Huh? How was that for you? It was a, it's, it's, it's still learning experience, mm. like for my family as well. Mm. Oh, we're interviewing me now, but <laughs> I just want to know. I can't ask questions. Oh my God. Jesus. Don't get so hostile. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's, just, it's a learning experience because, mm. you know, it's just trying to explain to people the difference between it. Because my parents, they assume that, you know, drag only is gay people. Mm. And even a lot of people, when I was cast, they mm. assume straight people don't do drag. But mm. some of the most famous people in drag prior to me, like, were straight people. Tell me. Tell the audience, Tell them educate what? the kids oh, who that's these a whole, people are. That, that's a whole nother segment. Okay. You can watch the video with James Mansfield near the end. We have some trivia. And James is very awesome, knowledgeable in drag mm. history. But a conversation for another day. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but for now, it's about you. We're talking okay. about you now. <laughs> but like growing up, whenever you were like really in, like you were kind of exploring yourself, learning more mm. about yourself. At what point did you develop your obsession with Lady Gaga? Oh, Jesus. I mean, if you don't have, if you don't like Lady Gaga, then you don't have good taste. Um, I, since the beginning, like the first music video to every single thing she puts out, there is something where I know that my religion is Gaga-ism. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I, everything about her is just transcendental, like I would say, because I've seen the way she puts on these amazing elaborate costumes and all her dancers, a lot of her dancers are, you know, queer. And what I see is that she's a celebration of everything that I love. And so for me to be able to mimic her, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Mm -hmm. One of your earliest performances in drag was as Gaga, yeah. which you won a lookalike contest to mm -hmm. get flown out to New York. Mm -hmm. How bad were the other contestants considering this is what won? Like, how bad? <laughs> oh my God, I almost threw up <laughs> looking at myself. I think I look pretty horrifying. <laughs> this looks, oh my God, Jesus Christ. To answer your fucking question, bitch, that was only four contestants. Oh, there it is. Um, um, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. This is so sad. Oh my god. Um, where did you get this? I, I, I dig the archives. This is atrocious. Uh -huh. 
kind of looks like it, the outfit you have on right now, but yeah, and I, I I still have the link to the video if you need to. I uh, know we're not doing it. that. We're not doing but, yeah. that. Click here because that wasn't even the worst look of the video. Shut up! There was something. Oh. Yeah, where you're on the treadmill and like the little outfit. Hey, it's camp. It was it, camp. It was fun. It was. It. it was so random. Yeah. At least I won. I, I, I mean, I think honestly, my favorite though is like you're in the dark room, you use a single flashlight, and you're giving yourself your own like feeling it, bitch. Yeah, you were. I was so into it. You, I was so into it. I thought the video was so great. I edited on fucking iPlayer and everything, mm -hmm. and it was so great because I won, and then I got to fly to New York. And did you get to meet Gaga or just go to her show? No, we went to her show. Our tickets were shit. It was like all the way in the back, but I halfway through, I was screaming out so loud throughout the entire thing. I passed out out of exhaustion, so I only watched half the concert. Oh no, <laughs> you came so far, but <laughs> yeah. But you do have an obsession with Gaga, and it I was do. it wasn't just that you, as you were talking about before, like Gaga, Gagaism, Gagaism. Mm -hmm. how, how did you word that? Oh, like my, I had like an art exhibition called Ga Gagasmicism. Gagasmicism, yeah. yeah, and that's where you made like deity statues of Lady Gaga. Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> they sold really well. Oh, you sold them? Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, oh. you're monetizing your way. I'm monetizing my way. Yeah. So back in the day, I was very i was because i went to school in um ucla mm -hmm. i my biggest dream was to have my work showcased in a museum so i had my first show called gagasmicism in this gallery um and i basically mixed what asian cultures and the beliefs and um the spirituality of all of it with my love for gaga mm -hmm. yeah but with a, as you said, you went to UCLA, mm. and you, you said before in interviews that you weren't the best at school. You placed like 53rd out of 56 kids. Mm -hmm. Outside of UCLA, you applied for other colleges, and you yeah. got accepted to University of Boston for marine biology. Mm -hmm. I did. And you decided not to go. Why not go to marine? Obviously, you love art, but why not go down that path for like marine yeah. biology? Well, I heard that you have to spend like your life on a boat, and I like And so I was like, if I'm going to be on a boat for two years, like, that doesn't sound fun. Because, mm -hmm. like, you can't f a fish. Like, I just was like, UCLA, like, UCLA is, their art program is, like, the, one of the best in the country. And also, LA, my aunt is also there. It was insane. I love her. Um, and also, you know, with Boston, it's cold sometimes, even though I love Boston. So I was like, UCLA it is. UCLA is like a hard college to get to get mm -hmm. into because I think you, the year you were in there, you were one of only two applicants from Thailand to be accepted yes. into it. Yes. So, like, what what was that like? What was the application process like? Did you even think you would get a call back from that university? Okay, cool. Okay, Asian people, we know this. A lot of the times when we apply to colleges, it's not one. I applied to twenty one different colleges in America and the UK because it's like. Uh, for a lot of us back home, it's the stature of getting into a university. It's so important um, to get a university that's, you know, like well known or gets a good program to build your future, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think I got into UCSD, USC, UCLA, Boston. Those were the memorable ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I One thing I'm really... Um, grateful for is the American way of education teaches you how to think for yourself and you question everything. Yeah. Where it's like not, high schools is more about like technique. Yes. And well, it's technique and also remembering stuff. 
Um, not always, but generally. And now the, 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 it's changing as well. But for sure, I was like, oh my God, you can even like talk back to the teacher here? Mm -hmm. You can even question the <laughs> teacher here? Like that's never allowed in school back at home. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one thing you like to do is talk back to people. But, and you actually had a scary incident one time with a guest at one of your shows. You insulted him and he was waiting for you after the show with two friends and a gun. Uh, it, it, it wasn't his friend, it was a hitman. Oh, a hitman, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was two hitmen. You know, <clears throat> buddies, you know, yeah. working buddies. That was just one of the few times. Um, How scary was that experience? And then we'll talk about some of the other times, I'm curious. It too. wasn't scary, it was like oh. fabulous. I was like, oh my God, I'm famous. I gotta go to the police station the next day in like a scarf and like sunglasses and like file <laughs> a police report. And I was like, officer, help me. Like obviously, you know, people get too upset over things and I'm really inspired by like insult comic com comedians, you know. I love, you know, Margaret Cho, Kathy Griffin, um, obviously Bianca Del Rio. And watching that, I made my own material and I love being on the mic. Like if you give me a mic back in the day, I can like go for hours um, and just read people. But what's different because I feel like Sometimes the audience is not ready for it. Mm -hmm. And so the, um, I said to someone, it was like, where are you from? And literally I, he said something and I was like, I don't know where that is. That's it. Like it wasn't even that funny, but he got so offended for whatever, wherever he's from, where people don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> and l he just went out, got a, two hitmen and asked me to like, made sure that I apologize and I didn't. And so I just had to file a police report. That was the first time. Yeah. I got into trouble quite a lot. I <clears throat> so much respect to people who go out on a daily basis and just host because it's not the easiest thing to do. And why does it seem like I just suck on a that just not been washed? I think I'm okay now. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I got you the water. Do you need more water? Mm -mm. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're pounding that water. <laughs> At least there's some pounding going on in my life. <laughs> the only pounding. <laughs> but what other like scary instances have you had like doing drag, like with audience members or otherwise? Um, I've had people pull me out from the stage before in a country I won't name because they were not used to seeing drag. I photographed with a crocodile once, and then the crocodile like turned and I jumped. It was scary. I had a photo shoot with a crocodile. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty scary. Were any of these instances scarier than the time that you accidentally swallowed a coin? Oh, fuck you, bitch. I thought I was going to die. Like, I, I was going to suffocate. You went to the ER. I did. Yeah. Um, so in Thai, in Thai culture, like, if you swallow a coin, if you put a coin on, like, in your mouth, it means you're a ghost. And I was trying to do that bit. Like, it was funny. But when you're doing it and you're lip syncing, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. And that's... Bitch. You almost became a ghost. Went exactly. I almost yeah. became Casper. Like it went in through my throat, and then it stuck there for a while. And then I remembered that I don't have a gag reflex, and so it went down. Mm. And then I couldn't find it. Went to the ER. The doctor was like, "Wait for the clink," and I, the clink never came. So maybe the coin is still in me, That's but so I don't know. <laughs> You're just a walking piggy bank. I, I mean, one coin is not a piggy bank, is it? I mean, it still counts. Okay. Some piggy banks are empty, but... Sure. Like mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really grew like a reputation for yourself and eventually got cast for Tea Battle before, yeah. before Drag Race Thailand, mm. which is the competition you won. Mm. What was that experience like, like that competition? 
It was intense. But the crazy thing with that show is that the house that we lived in was haunted. But mm -hmm. all, not only that the house was haunted, I broke my leg on the day before I entered the competition. I think the clip is still online somewhere. Mm. Um, and so I had to relearn how to walk in the show. Yeah. But even like you broke your leg, you still want to lip sync in a wheelchair. Do you think, had, had you not had gone through the competition, you said, oh, I broke my leg, I need to go home. Mm. Had you have done that, do you think that you would be where you are today? I don't know. I just know there's one thing that I remember saying to myself and it was, um, my body might be broken, but you can't break my spirit. And at that moment, I was like, this is my big break. I, I'm known as a dancer. I'm known as, like, I, I know I can do this. And so when I that broke down, I kind of got like a full-on mental breakdown because it was like, the thing that I'm the most proud of, mm -hmm. it's gone. Can't do. Who are you now? And so like the girls in the show had to take me to the bathroom. That's why I became so close to them. And it's hard to whack from a wheelchair. Yes, but every single week I, I made sure like I put accessories or flowers on that wheelchair mm -hmm. to make sure the show is incorporated to the wheelchair. They would put me on like a, I was basically like a seal. Mm -hmm. like, they would just put me on like things like a rock or anything and I would just have to lip sync. It was so crazy. <laughs> But despite that, you went on to win the competition itself, mm -hmm. like the whole the whole kit and caboodle. With that, do you think that was a big reason why you were cast as one of the co-hosts for Drag Race Thailand? Um, I don't know if the or the people who wanted me to do Drag Race Thailand actually watched that show. I think I was making a name um, for myself in the circuit world, in the Bangkok scene as like the drag queen who, you know, was hosting and speaking in English and just like doing shows almost everywhere. So I think I was making a name for myself already. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they approached me, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they approached you, they said, called you, they said, hey, we're going to be doing drag race in Thailand. Yeah. Like, how, how exciting was that phone call? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah like full-on <laughs> diarrhea. Um, I was I was so excited that it was going to happen, and then they Whenever, went quiet. Whenever they called you, did they immediately say, we want you to be the co-host, or did you think you were getting a call as a contestant? No. They called me, and they originally... Oh, God. I'm going to get into trouble, exactly. but it's fine. It's years ago. They called me, and they were like, we want you to be the main host. Just one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's an interesting tidbit that I haven't really shared. Mm -hmm. um, so that they were like, "Yeah, we want you to be the the, the host, just you, and you know, it will be it will be great." Mm -hmm. And so the first day that I showed up to do the poster for the photo shoot, my other co-host Art Aria was there, and I was like, "What's going on?" You could have told me from the beginning that we had two hosts. I'll be completely fucking fine. There was I was so angry. I hated Art Arya in the beginning. But now, knowing what we went through for two seasons, I could not have done it if she wasn't there. She taught me about fashion, about what behind the scenes. She's become one of the people in my life that I love the most. Like she is an unconditional lover, giver, teacher, sister. And I'm so thankful that I got to do that with her. Because, and I told her, I'm like, bitch, in the first time when I met you, I hated your face. Um, but it's so crazy how that changes.
Yeah. It's very different from someone like Brooklyn Heights, for yeah. example, where she became like a judge on the show, but she seemed very like kind and soft-handed mm. with a lot of the contestants, mm. where you weren't afraid to let your opinions be known. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like I am a drag queen, mm -hmm. like them. What I say, it's my perspective of what can make you better, or mm. what can make you excel in this competition. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't malicious. It's coming out of a place of love, but it depends on your level of whether you're able to take it or not. And all my teachers in my life have always been hard asses, but it pays off. So that's why I feel like I want to give them that approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you were like hitting the contestants with wooden spoons. Shut and... up. That's my childhood, not what I did on the show. <laughs> you, ch you channeled your mother into the competition. <laughs> Where's the bamboo? <laughs> like on the show, you did see like a lot. You never of... got hit. Huh? You never got a hit? Oh, I did. Okay. I mean, only like only like the first like few years, like up until like five or six, because okay. then I was like perfect child, never got detention, never got in trouble. Okay. I was that kid that was always worried about what people thought of me and wanted oh. to be a perfect child. Okay. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I wasn't. But yeah. What kind yeah. of instruments were used? Just out of uh, curiosity. Mostly just like uh, belts, okay. uh, a switch, you know, switches. A Nintendo Switch? No, no, no. We What's were too poor switch? for that. What's a Switch? You can't beat with an Atari, maybe. No, it's whenever you go, <laughs> out, you go outside and they, you get a, a very thin branch from the tree. Oh, yeah, we do that, out, too. Like, yeah, Switch. I think one time my favorite punishment, not favorite, but memorable, me and my sister were fighting, so we had to stand on this tiny plank of wood and takes turns slapping each other in the face. Oh. Yeah. Lovely, right? So no joke. You, so if you ever have to go to Dracula, you are ready. You oh, are for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepped. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin's got worse stuff, like extension cords and... Oh, damn. Like yeah. a whip. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Okay. Basically. <gasps> yeah, you know. Happy memories. I was a good... Yeah. Tough memories. <laughs> memories. <laughs> Oh, to be young again. Oh, no. I'm okay. <laughs> but like on the show, you saw a lot of like crazy stuff. Like Drag Race Thailand, if you guys haven't watched it, has some of the most like amazing, crazy drag you've ever seen. One of the craziest moments was whenever Candy Zionide set herself on fire mm -hmm. more than, than she was meant to. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> as a viewer, it was very exciting. As a judge, it was not so exciting for you. Horrifying. You were, yeah, you were horrifying. You weren't happy about it. No. What was your mindset whenever you Number saw that? Number one, they had a rule. No fire mm -hmm. in the production house. Like, there's, you can't play with fire. Number two, when she put gasoline on herself, the, the paper that was supposed to burn, it's supposed to burn and then it disappeared. But because she sat and waited so long, the gasoline soaked into certain parts of her outfit. And when she spin and she hit the outfit, it causes more oxygen, so it burned her even more. So the, like in the, in the studio, the fire went up halfway through. Like that's insane, halfway through the building, the fire went up. Um, and so she went to the ER, she burned parts of her eyebrows off and her nose hairs, thankfully. Um, so she, it was insane. It was <laughs> insane. I, I, she still plays with fire nowadays, still. And I yeah. was like, bitch, you haven't learned anything. You have not learned. Are you worried, like going into like Drag Race Thailand season three coming up, are you worried that other contestants are gonna try to mimic moments like that for spectacle? Girl, I need people to like fucking understand that in order to do good drag, you don't need to kill yourself. Like you need to not get a concussion, number one. Number two, stop playing with all these crazy shit. Like if you can go up on stage and emote and really perform and know the meaning of the song, mm -hmm. Sasha, Kobe, hello. 
like that's even that's even more powerful to me versus you know doing a jump split on the wrong beat of a song or you know like you know trying to hurt yourself for the sake of the audience's entertainment yes it's great when you do it on beat or when you're doing it because it has a purpose but not every song needs a death drop mm -hmm. not every song needs a, a jump split mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's why i don't do them so i'm just like is that why i don't need it yeah yeah i sure. don't need it we'll go with it i would but i'm just like you know what not for this one right maybe the next one yeah you make sense yeah you, you're wise <laughs> but, but could you imagine imagine sasha colby does everything she does and she sets herself on fire true Maybe more songs need people set on fire. Let's not put that out in the universe. <laughs> Drag queens are wild. Yeah. It's like, make the best I, go to a I go to a show, one queen jumps from the ceiling into the splits. I do a sock puppet. We get paid the same. <laughs> so, I love it. It's like, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you chose the wrong path. <laughs> you know? Well, do you, do you think a so your sock puppet can do a split? I think that will be it. Maybe I'm going to work it out. I'll yeah. figure it out. I could probably just like add a couple little things, like a little yeah. Oh my god, that'd be cool though. Like you pull something and it went like BOOM! Yeah. I set the sock puppet on fire. Yeah. That yeah. too. That'd be great. Yeah. It's, it's it, that clip. way if I get burned, it's only one part of me. Yes. Know? See? That, that's why we're different. We're, we're thinkers. We're thinking. We, think. we have yeah. houses. We have ideas. Yes. A thousand. <laughs> you have a house? I don't know. Okay, well. <laughs> one day. One Man day. Manifesting. One day. Manifesting. Have a country house. A country house? Yeah. What is that? Like a house in the countryside? That's oh. Like yeah. But like I don't have a house in the city. I have an apartment in the city. Well, no, um, no one has a house in the city here. That's for that's for famous people. Yeah, <laughs> not for drag queens. It's not. It's not for us. Not for gamers people. For famous people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, people, yeah. Actual celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> people that can't go into Target without getting recognized. Mm. Like real, you know, real celebrities. I tried. No one recognized me. Mm. <laughs> like you went there telling everybody who you were. Yeah. Hi, do I get a discount for this detergent? But leaving Drag Race Thailand, you end up getting cast for UK versus the World, mm -hmm. making you the only contestant for an All-Stars-like season that was never a former competitor. Mm -hmm. Did you feel a pressure because of that? Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> for sure! I was the first Thai queen mm -hmm. um, in history. I'm also the first queen from Southeast Asia to travel from the continent. A lot of people get upset when I say this. I'm like, no, I know there's a lot of Asian queens or even Southeast Asian queens on Drag Race, but not ones that flew from the continent. Mm -hmm. So imagine, you know, the culture shock. So there was a lot of pressure. Also going from judge to a contestant, mm -hmm. if I didn't do well, like, what does that say about me as a judge? You don't get to go back to season three. No way. They wouldn't. There will. There will never be a season three, right? Or they'll pick someone else. Maybe mm -hmm. Candy Cyanide with her lack of nose hairs. But for <laughs> me, it was just all of that on top. And I think that's why my breakdown. A lot of people didn't understand that I was crying. I wasn't even angry at Blue, like at all. Like I knew it was a competition. I get it. Like people go home all the time. Mm -hmm. I send bitches home all the time. Yeah. But what I was crying at that point was because of the pressure that I had you know, representing all of these things. And I didn't, I felt like I let a lot of people down. Yeah. And that's why it was a full on mental breakdown like that. It just, you feel so much shame, mm -hmm. you know? And I think if you've ever had to represent it, something that was bigger than you and you felt like you couldn't do it or uphold that, there is a lot going in your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because like you were the judge of Drag Race Thailand, like a whole spinoff series. Mm. The first. And, yeah, and you go to UK versus the world, you only make it to episode four mm -hmm. because you suck and aren't good at drag. Bitch, it was only six episodes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but like whenever that moment happened, like how like gut-wrenching was that? Because obviously like you had a very emotional moment that people saw. Really? I thought it was fine. 
you know, different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, but like, like in that moment, like, because you really didn't think that Blue would pick you. To no. Go I was, if you see on the music, like uh, uh, when she was doing the lip sync, I was cheering her on because I thought she was going to keep me. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. But I, I didn't thought I was going to go home because I was doing so well. Like mm. week one, I won. Second week, I was top. Third week, I won again. Like halfway through the competition, like I won half of it already. So there was only like two episodes yeah. before the finale. Um, and so I didn't think, because no one during the competition was making it feel like I was a threat. It was very sisterly and cool, and people still think that I was very strategic um, in voting people off. And you know, they can think what they think, but when you're in that moment and you know your choices that you've made, you kind of know what's behind it, and only you would know it. Mm -hmm. Like you would only people who went through that experience would get it. Yeah, yeah. But with uh, with uh, the show, I, I think the most shocking moments mm -hmm. of that uh, season was your elimination mm -hmm. and when you eliminated Jimbo. Yes. With that, had you not eliminated Jimbo, mm -hmm. Jimbo could have won it and would not be on the the current All-Star season. I hope she wins on. as well. Yeah, at I, the time of filming this, the finale hasn't happened. She yeah. might win. And she might actually win prize money. I know. If you didn't eliminate her, she could have won UK versus the world and won nothing. She has me to thank now. So if she wins this, she owes you a piece. Yeah, like give she, me twenty percent, bitch. Yeah, at least. Yeah, honestly, at least. <laughs> now she's. I really hope she wins. She's been killing every single yeah. week. Like her fashion is so elevated and surprising and conceptual. Mm -hmm. Like every single week she comes out on the runway, we're like, oh my god. And definitely she improved on that runway. Yeah. Um, her walk, but everything else, like. She's so funny, and it just goes to show that just because your drag is not the same as something that you like doesn't mean that it's not magical. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Jimbo's a fucking superstar. Like, what she does, like, it's so out of this world, so kooky, so weird, but every single time you're like, that's Jimbo. Entertaining, yeah. It's entertaining, yeah. Yeah, but if, if she doesn't win, then she's gonna have to go back for another All Stars, and we're gonna have to see that ugly mm. confessional look shirt one more time. Oh my god, I can't see that the shirt little flag like, one. Bitch, do your laundry. <laughs> every single every single one. It's gonna be yeah. a, little, it's a little musty at this point. Yeah, for oh, sure. I mean, at least. Yeah, but in between filming Drag Race Thailand and uh, UK versus the World, there was a brief period where you were the runway coach for Miss Universe Thailand. I was. And a lot of people have probably seen the video mm. of like all the girls walking in unison together. It became a huge viral meme. Had no, a lot of people didn't realize you were the one behind the camera. You it was were, on my fucking iPhone. You were responsible for that moment. What was your reaction whenever that moment went viral? I was like, I didn't fucking put my watermark on this. No one knows anything, but like that, it uh -huh. was me. Because everyone keeps resharing it. It's like on YouTube, it's like millions of views, but like on Twitter or something, it's like 17 million. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane, but it was just me recording on my phone of teaching the girls to walk to a Beyonce song, Run This World, and the girls were just so good and their hair was just synchronizing and it was a magical moment, but I'm such a pageant queen. Like, I love Miss Universe pageants. Like, for Thai people, like, for the gays, it's our sport. Mm. So for like me to... Tiffany's pageants. Yes. That too. Like, all the pageants. We're in, we're like, pageant country. So for us, like, for, for me to be able to teach the girls, it was so much fun. I bonded with the girls. Some of the girls were crying because they didn't make it. I had to run and just hug them and make sure they were okay. It was a lot. And we became like kind of like a sister, like like a little family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But you've created a lot of things. Like I said, putting like art into the world, creating things for people, creating opportunities. Mm. What is the next adventure for you? What do you want to accomplish next? Interesting. Well, Drag Race Live is one of the biggest things I've wanted to do, right? Mm. So that's number one. Number two, <clears throat> I want to open another establishment. Um, so like in, in Thailand or elsewhere? Or? I don't know. You say that like something's in the works. It always is. Oh, okay. I'm always making... I want to force an early retirement. That's mm -hmm. my goal. I feel like I don't know how long I can actually fully perform to the best capacity that I can. Yeah, you're so, almost 40. Bitch, I'm only 35. Round it back. Round it back, not round it up. <laughs> so I take it very seriously in terms of, you know, investing in stuff, becoming a businesswoman. Because, you know, in my mind, you have a company as well, but not a lot of us as drag performers, we put ourselves in the shoes of just being performers, mm -hmm. not as business people or as something more than being in one shoe. And once we get out of that, we're like, no, I can be this and this and this as well. That's when you feel like it's limitless. And so for me, I'm not only just a performer, I'm also like a business owner. I'm also um, someone who's... Uh, traveling the world i'm also advocating for things i believe in and i feel like the world would be so much better if people just don't put each other in just that one box mm. makes sense yeah well unfortunately that is the last of my cards yeah the, the interview not yay why why <laughs> most people were like oh you're like yay oh oh wow. cut oh I get, I get humbled right at the end of the interview <laughs> But that is the end of the interview. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank babe. you for coming. And thank you again to Scentbird for sponsoring this episode. Remember to use my code MADDIE55 to get 55% off your first order. Links in the description. Where can people find you? Uh -huh. what, what do you have coming up? What would you like to plug? I would like... To, well, my hairline has already been plugged, so it's fine. I fixed it two years ago. But um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, on Pangina Heels. Um, I'm on Drag Race Live from July 15th um, for three months. So my last gig is in October the, the, the 10th. I'll be here for three months um, doing Drag Race Live, which is a dream. Um, and what else am I plugging? That's it. Yeah. If you're in Thailand, go to House of Heels. Oh, fuck! The most important thing I forgot. Yes. <laughs> if you're in Thailand, please come to my, uh, my club, my nightclub. It's not a bar. It's so big. It's um, called the House of Heels. You know, we have shows. We have performers. The best of the drag um, that offers in, you know, um, in what I see and um, come be entertained from the girls um, from Drag Race Thailand and have a good time. It has a pole too. Yeah, and she wanted to emphasize it's not a bar, it's big, it's a nightclub. It's a, it's a nightclub. Yeah, it's not dainty. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, true. But yeah, thank you so much for watching. Join us next time whenever we have somebody else. And yeah, till then. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Marco Padilla. And executive produced by Willem Belly, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom! <laughs> <laughs>